Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to the podcast. Wow, I have so much to share today. (laughs) So much to share. Wondering what order and how this will all come out today. Feeling really grateful to start. Just overall, it's been a really big week in a lot of ways. A really beautiful day. We've had a couple of cloudy, darker days. And much like it was when we lived in Arizona, which is almost eternally sunny, the darker days this week were a real respite. They were a real break from the sun. And now it's back. It's back to being sunny and beautiful and probably a beach day here. So it's amazing that the weather can help us shift and change and feel different things. I know for me, that doesn't mean I'm willing to be in a dark winter, at least not this winter. But it is really nice to feel the subtleties of Mother Earth here in the tropics, because as I've said before, that definitely exists. And I think unless you're here for an extended period of time, you wouldn't really notice. So it also feels like this beautiful secret in a sense that it isn't always the same here. And I did not know that. I did not know that at all before we got here. It's been a beautiful week of connection. Amelia had a birthday. She turned 21. Rumi had his birthday since the last podcast. I think he had already had it perhaps or was about to at the last recording I did. And so I am going to talk more about his birthday, about the social media hubbub around his birth story. But I hope to share from a real place of peace, love, and integrity today. And I'll be completely transparent because that's my way. But it's taken me the two weeks since his birthday to really connect with myself, to connect with some of the deeper layers and and issues. And I'll share more about that. But I did record a podcast initially right after his birthday, when the social media frenzy was at its height. And to give you some context, and then of course, I'm going to back up and do a little bit of uh, some more updates, I think. But before I get going too much, uh, for those of you that aren't on social media or don't really um, expose yourself to that, good for you. But catching you up here, Rumi's birthday was the 8th of November. He turned three. And just as a matter of course, really, 
we shared his birth story once again. If you're new, if you haven't read it, or you haven't heard my multiple podcasts about his birth story, feel free to check our archives and go listen. There's a couple. I think Margot and I did a podcast on Rumi's birth story, and then there was another one, and the written birth story is called The Time I Had a Free Birth at the Hospital, The Indie Birth of Rumi Soul. Sam, our beautiful assistant, made a very awesome reel for his birthday, just a you know compilation of the couple of photos we had from his birth, and it set social media ablaze. <laughs> it's almost funny. It actually really is funny to me. It's um, taken a while to feel that way because I am a human. I am a woman, and sharing our hearts, our bodies, our psyches through our birth stories is not something I take lightly, even though I've done it many times and I've done it willingly and transparently. I'm also aware that by sharing myself so intimately, one also becomes the focus for negative attention because the power, especially of a birthing woman, much less one that showed itself in the miraculous way that his birth did, uh, is fodder for attention of the positive and negative kind. So to get right to it, to sum that up, there was a lot of negative feedback around what I called his birth, the time I had a free birth at the hospital. So much to say about that. And very little is going to be about anybody else, really, because I am more interested in the inside, as always. Uh, And I hope you are, too. I hope when I share some of my own internal process around this, it's something that we can all relate to and that it's something that perhaps sitting with will make us all better far and wide. But that's just the historical context. And, you know, part of you or maybe all of you when hearing that might be like, oh, well, what's the big deal? I mean, call your birth what you want. My thoughts exactly. But social media is sometimes a cesspool of insecurity. And so, again, um, it was, you know, very very easily shown that people have problems. (laughs) I mean, they have problems, period. But they have problems with business that is not their own. And so again, it was more food for thought for me. And I'm so glad that I didn't release the podcast I did last weekend on that same topic. Because I was feeling all of the things, I wasn't focused, I wasn't settled down, and I admittedly spent some time on that podcast, which is never to be released, I don't think. Uh, I spent a lot of time, you know, analyzing why, why women would feel the need to shoot another woman down for her power. But I'm not going to talk about that today, because actually I can't speak to that. 
I can't speak to that at all. And so it would just be speculation. I'm going to talk about my own process because that's all that I know about. And the more deeply I get into somatic experiencing and the inner world of my own feelings, the more I'm led to share that perspective, not because anybody necessarily cares about my own internal landscape, but because I think in sharing that it is sisterhood, we can connect. And that's the point of sharing, right? That's the point of social media. Um, It isn't to rip each other down and I won't participate in that. So I will get there in just a few minutes time. But let me see what other updates do I have to share? Let's see. Um, I visited (laughs) the Humane Society this week and I'm laughing because anybody that knows me, even if you half know me, even if you think you know me from Instagram or wherever, it's pretty obvious that I am an animal nut. I love animals of really all kinds. And we were scoping out a kitten for my son, Rune, who is sorely missing his kitty baby from back home. Oh, kitties. Uh, It has taken me a long time in my life to be okay with cats and to embrace them and love them. And I'm really, really happy that that has happened. My children have definitely benefited. Uh, There were many years, most of my life, where having a cat wasn't an option. I really thought they were gross and I thought I was allergic to them. So it's really a happy thing for our family to realize that that is not true. Uh, There was a lot of healing that needed to be done around cats. Perhaps there still is. In fact, my last tattoo that I got, many of you have seen, Uh, It is a cat. It is a giant mama lioness, and she is so beautiful. And I've been on that path, as silly as that may sound, of just kind of healing this cat wound with myself. And so visiting the Humane Society and picking out a kitten with my son, he picked it out, um, was really, really beautiful and fun. And I was so impressed, actually, by the way this Humane Society here is run. I've been exposed to a lot of them over the years, being an animal nut, I've even volunteered at Humane Societies over the years, and this one is just really well run, and you know, it's still a shelter. It's still a place where animals are homeless, and I find that heartbreaking. But because it's so beautiful here, they really have a life that is enviable uh, by other shelter animals, I think, in other places. They are mostly outside right? They never have to go in for the cold. And so there's something really that feels open and as free as possible about watching these poor animals in captivity. So that was a growing up experience uh, this week for my children as well. I don't know that some of them had been ever to a humane society. It's hard for those of us that are really connected to animals. But once again, on the inner process of life, um, it has helped me grow, even that, even that simple act of going to a shelter and sitting with just all the big feelings that come up for someone like me and maybe you around abandonment, uh, around being alone, around being rejected. That's what these animals really just illustrate to me on a visceral level. I think that's one reason I'm so bothered by it. It's not just their cute faces. It's this 
emotional response to the story I have in my head, right, about what it means to be alone in a shelter. So that's some psychology there. Um, I made some connections even with my childhood self, which felt really, really good to heal some of that stuff and see where it goes. I'm definitely up for fostering maybe another dog. Um, Henna would do okay with just the right animal around. And it might be really awesome to kind of have another temporary dog around to keep her company and maybe give one of those dogs a break. So just sharing because that's part of the makeup of my own life. And I know many of you out there probably as feeling empaths, as we like to call ourselves, can really relate. So there it is. Thank you, Hawaiian Humane Society, for the latest in my emotional growth. (laughs) It's true. Okay, so moving more concretely on to this free birth at the hospital, the birth of Rumi's soul. Woo, yeah, it's been real. It's been a really interesting few weeks for the reasons that I've shared. If you have been lucky slash unlucky enough to witness any of this on social media, you might have been surprised. I know a couple friends texted me, you know, just saying, oh my gosh, like, are you okay? Like, that's harsh. And you know, all of the things and the love is great, the support and being seen as what I think is my true authentic self by those in my life that love me and know me, of course, is really beautiful. And I came across this quote today, actually, uh, I get quotes sent to my phone by this guy named Corey on Instagram. And I honestly don't know his last name. I'm sorry, Corey, but you're beautiful. And I love getting your texts every day. Uh, He just sends his thoughts. And funny enough, the quote for today was this, or maybe it was yesterday, but even even so, it fits in so perfectly with where I want to go today with some of this ridiculousness. Let's see, what does he say here? Authentic people crave your authenticity. It lets them open. Inauthentic people crave your inauthenticity. It lets them hide. Your tribe is a mirror. Thank you, Corey. And my tribe has been a mirror. I am so lucky to have deep friendships all over the world. Uh, I am so lucky to have the support of our Indie Birth team, Margot and Sam, specifically, uh, who have done a great job, honestly, of shielding me from a lot of the grossness that has happened around just sharing my birth story. You know, it wasn't an attack on anyone. Um, It was sharing me. So if I was to be in my ego, and I was for a little bit, if I was to be the victim, which it's easy to get into, at least for a minute, uh, you know, it's easy to have those feelings like, stop attacking me for my birth story, right? But I love this quote. I love these words, because it's so true. People respond in the ways that they know how. And their response or reactions, that might be a more appropriate word in this case, their reactions say the world about them. So I'm not going to launch into a monologue on inauthentic people (laughs) craving inauthenticity, even though 
you could work that out for yourself or, you know, you could sit with that, see how you feel, see how that shows up in your own life. Um, I'm not really going to rant about that because I really think it speaks for itself. Um, You know, whatever, whatever reaction came my way, whatever reaction you might have seen, um, that really speaks for itself. I don't have anything to say about that. It was my birth. I said what I said. There's no argument. There's no defense that I need. Um, That's absolutely the end of it for me. And it's nice to feel authentically in that place. And to have been inspired this week as well. So citing some of my inspirational people this week. I don't know that any of these people listen to my podcast, but just to show you that connection with people is beautiful and it is important. And again, that can be our goal. That can be our goal with social media. That can be our goal in general. Uh, When we seek to disconnect, when we seek to hate, we get that back. So I seek to connect And this week, I recorded a really lovely podcast with my friend Bridget Nielsen. I will share it. I will share it as an episode of my podcast, even though we recorded it for her podcast. So I will put that up here uh, on the podcast lineup once Bridget sends me the file. And you might see it if you follow her as well. She has a really amazing podcast herself and Those of you that are my avid listeners know Bridget because she has been on my podcast several times. Uh, She and I connect in a really beautiful way. And I was so grateful this week for the invitation to be on her podcast. And I was really grateful for her energy. I was really grateful for feeling lifted up, for feeling inspired. Uh, Bridget's the kind of energy that... I would say is just high vibe, like she might not love that I'm saying that. I don't know. She probably would chuckle. But she just has a great connected energy. And I found myself in doing this interview with her, accessing my own highest consciousness or, you know, a version of it. And she was able to, with her very awesome interview skills, kind of draw out of me why I'm in this, you know, what my highest goal, what my highest mission is, why I get up every day. And I'll tell you, my mission is to change the consciousness of everything we know around birth. That is truly it. I feel connected to and spoken to by the babies that are out in the ethers. I feel drawn to the resonant women that want me to be at their service for their births, whether that's real in life or virtual, I know why I'm here. And it was so, so great to be reminded of that in real time with a friend and to once again remind myself that every bit of attention that's paid to the negative, right, whether that's in defense or if that's in anger or whatever it is, every little bit that I put towards that cause I don't have to put towards the cause of consciousness. And that's truly the reality of it for me. Again, not that I haven't gone through it. Um, I think being human, that's part of the struggle is to know what's best, right? To know where you want to go emotionally with something that's bothering you, whether it's a person, place, thing, issue. 
and allow it to roll through, allow it to feel, allow it to be in your cells. It feels so icky and it's there till it's not. (sighs) And then when it's not, it's really the greatest relief to say, you know, I made it through. I know who I am. I'm connected to source. I'm connected to spirit. Any amount of positive attention isn't any more important to me than this so-called negative attention. And that's something that's taken me so long to learn. If we're willing to be open to the love and the affirmations and the Marin, you're so great, I love you, then we're just as open to all the gross. We're just as open to people telling you what your birth was, telling you what you are. Uh, And it's easy to take that personally. Again, if we engage in any kind of way, taking that from people, we don't have to take any energy from anyone else. And I didn't understand that for so long. You know, it feels so good to be loved. It feels so good to be liked. And it feels so shitty to not. It's just the way we're made. And I find myself, as I grow older, being able to sit in that more and being able to laugh at it, being able to laugh at the I love you, you know, you're on a pedestal, it's just as silly as the opposite. So thank you, Free Birth Group. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being who you are, for showing what you're about. It has only made me more connected. It has only brought me closer to source and to my own truth. And that's why I'm here. I'm not here to argue. I've also been inspired, as always, by my teacher, uh, Luis Mojica, who I speak of often. And this is not a man I know in person, although I will probably be part of um, a group he has going this next year. And I say probably only because I haven't committed to it yet, but I likely will. I likely will make that commitment to being in a slow group with this amazing teacher. And I have so much to gain from his knowledge. I have so much to gain about working with him um, in any way, in any sphere around embodiment. And it was his podcast this week, actually, that also played into my piece around this whole social media nonsense. Uh, He had an entire podcast this week about not being liked. And if that is something that you want to hear more about, I would totally go listen to his podcast. Uh, It's the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast. And it was just perfect. It was just really, really helpful to hear this conversation he had with someone else around all of these things, again, around the humanness of wanting to be liked and the devastation of not being liked. And it was really just helpful to know that I'm not alone in that. You're not alone in that. Like there's not going to be a day probably as a human being where if I see something nasty about myself or my birth or whatever it is on wherever, um, that I won't feel it for a second, right? The goal is to not avoid it. The goal isn't to like hide in the shadows and take, you know, take your whole life away from there, unless you choose. And I think that's a really valid decision making point for many of us at different times. Uh, But the goal isn't to not have it happen because you're not in control of that. 
people will say what they say. And again, if they're acting from their own wounded selves, which is most often the case, it's just nothing to do with me. You know, it's absolutely nothing to do with me. So I'm not seeking to avoid it. I want to fully feel it. And again, that's where the gratitude comes in for this. Thank you. You know, not only did I have an amazing birth, uh, not only has Rumi's free birth changed the world, not only has it been passed around in all kinds of ways and discussed and thought about, um, but I got this other opportunity three years later, and I might get another one next year and the year after, right? I might keep getting opportunities to feel and to stand in my beliefs, and I am so grateful for that. I also, transparently this week, um, in my temporary emotional confusion, I found myself wanting to reach out to the free birth people and say, you know, this just needs to stop. Like, let's just stop, you know, live and let live. And it was important for me to feel that in my body. So again, speaking somatically, which you can obviously tell I'm doing more and more of these days and sharing it with you. Feeling that in my body, what would it feel like if this all were to stop, right? If the other side, so to speak, would put down the weapons. And I know that's really dramatic, but you know, it feels like that sometimes, right? Have you had disagreements? Have you had relationships even with people you don't know where it feels like there's a war and you're like, wait a minute, like I didn't know I was part of a war. I was just living. So there's that surprise and shock as well. And so I got to feel that. I was like, okay, so what if this stopped? What if the other side could just stop? What would that feel like? And in that, I'd say, 12-hour period, I was really considering it. Um, I, I consider myself a pretty humble person. And maybe it wasn't even humility, to be honest. Maybe it was the opposite. Maybe it was ego speaking and wanting this to stop whatever this was, right? This like many year thing that has gone on in the birth world between these groups of women. And so again, I'm being honest, I considered it. And I was willing, if that's what my body told me finally to do, was totally willing. I woke up the next day and it was clear that the answer was in me. If I needed this to stop, the criticism, the hate, the whatever I was feeling, which isn't really about anybody else, that was my interpretation, I need to stop. I was like, holy shit, I'm a genius. If I want it to stop, I need to stop. And I need to find the place within me that is running with this, right? That gets something out of this. And it's probably an ego thrill, an ego thrill to be like, oh, look, they're talking about me. Oh, look, what do I do? Oh, let's do this. Let's do that. Wait, just stop. What if I stopped? What if I did nothing? What if I was completely at peace with the way things are? And I realized that was the work. That was the work for me to stop. And what does that mean, right? Like, When you're feeling all these things and it feels like it's directed towards another person or a group, like, how do we stop? Do we just cut it off? 
Do we say it doesn't exist? Do we say, oh, I'm not going to feel that anymore? And I learned that the answer for me is no to all of those. The answer is to actually feel it more, to invite it in, and to find the place in me that was just done, right? Because there was the place that wasn't done that, again, was rolling with this. And then I found the place. I found the place within my own body that was just tired and over it. And I made that connection and I spoke to that part. And I was so grateful for allowing that to come in and allowing that to spread within my own body, my own self, to where it doesn't matter if anyone else is done. Like, they can go on forever. They can keep talking about it. That's great. Go ahead. Um, I'm not giving anything to that. And the energy I have is so precious. So I need that. I need to stop. Engaging in any outside energy and this is the same as what we take in. So we can take in positive or negative energy and do with that what we will. And then it's the same looking out, right? So even if the energy coming towards me felt really positive, it would take me off my own track to meet that. And so it's that much more obvious with energy that doesn't feel positive to say, hey, you know what? I don't need to engage with that. Like there's no defense here. And since I've had that shift in perspective for a couple of days now, it's been really interesting to have whatever else come forward, right? Like people will send me stuff. Oh, they posted this. Oh, they posted that and just feel completely neutral and look at it and just be like, oh, wow, like that takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy to defend yourself and to protect your ego. It takes a lot of fucking energy to concoct story around your image and right like it's a lot of work and we've all been there and I've been there too right I've been on the other side so that's all for me I know where my truth is Uh, it's spirit spirit is my truth spirit shows me my truth and connects me to who I am and that is my ultimate vow to myself always is that I get the go-ahead from that which is bigger than me, whether, you know, you call that your higher self or God or Buddha or Jesus or whatever you call it, um, that that's our authority, right? Spiritual authority is what rules our life. That's me. That's what rules my life. So speaking for myself and when I'm really feeling in a solid place like that, again, uh, nothing else really matters. So why am I sharing this? I think it's so important I think it's so important as a woman to share the vulnerability of not being liked, of being whatever word you want to say. And I, and I don't feel these labels, but, you know, to be shamed, to be ridiculed. Honestly, I think that's a label you can only put on yourself, right? It's my choice to feel shamed. It's my choice to feel ridiculed. I don't feel those things, but we've all been there. And that's the crazy thing about being human is that we know what it feels like, right? So the pain is within and we're very well aware of the pain when we also reflect it back to someone else. So, you know, we've all been there. No one is innocent of this. If they're here on this earth in a human body, we've all inflicted pain 
on another. And we've all felt what that feels like, which if you think about it, is sort of psychotic, right? But it's because of pain. It's because we're not often willing to feel that. And so, you know, we pass it on. We pass it on mostly unconsciously. So how does it feel to be criticized? Especially amongst women, right? We have these false ideas about women and what a tribe of women should be, what it should feel like, what women should say. And then we're met often with a reality and we have to choose, it feels like at times, how we want to respond in this, right? Do we want to be a part of the war? Um, Do we want to immediately react to our own triggers? And again, this is everyone. So while I found myself wanting to immediately react to triggers, They've been such valuable lessons to talk it out with friends, um, to feel it in my body, to cry about it, and to wait, to wait to publicly respond, to wait to record this podcast and find my ground. I think one of the biggest disservices we can allow other people to make for us is to overreact because we feel like we're in defense. And again, we've all been there. We all know what that feels like. Um, that's the challenge. And that's been my own personal challenge many times. And I'm sure many of you can relate, right? Like something angering happens, whatever it is. And we want to defend. We want to protect. This is our survival instinct kicking in. This is, right, the fight or flight response. We either want to battle it out or we want to run and hide. And again, I think just learning what I've been learning has really helped me uh, in these cases of when I'm speaking my truth, when I'm standing up, when people don't like me to say, I'm going to take a minute now. Like, (laughs) I feel what you're throwing back and you're allowed, right? You're allowed to react. You're allowed to say what you want to, but it's my responsibility to sit with that now without reaction for my own good, right? Not for anybody else's, for my own emotional health. When it comes to birth, how is this relevant? Because of course, I want to tie this back. Many of you won't be telling a birth story publicly. That's just the truth. Many of you won't ever have a podcast, right? Many of you are never going to be in this situation that I have been in that you can directly relate to. But I know it's relatable. So you're planning your own birth. How does it feel when your mother-in-law criticizes your choice to have a home birth? Um, How does it feel when you get on social media and God knows what you see, right? Uh, Maybe you see something that feels really traumatizing. Um, Maybe you read something that really triggers you. I got an email this week and I'm, I'm happy to share it because it really was a beautiful email and it was someone being honest and open And her question was, I listened to your podcast on trauma and birth, and I'm planning a free birth. And it really made me feel weird. And that wasn't the word she used. I apologize, whoever this was. I don't even remember. But she was being honest. She was like, listening to your words made me, made an emotional response, right? Brought up something for me and my body, and I can't figure out what it was. 
And so I thought we had a nice little email exchange around whatever it was, right? And I and I said, I can't say for you what it what it brought up, right? Because I'm not you. But you heard this podcast, you heard about trauma, you heard about how trauma, you know, can be anybody can be anybody's story. So what did that bring up for you with your own plans for a free birth? And I don't really even remember how it wound up. But it seemed like there was some growth there, if I'm not mistaken, for this woman. And I was happy to just witness it. I didn't do anything except pose the question. Like, let's sit with that. You sit with that. Don't ask me why you're triggered. Um, Sit with that. And so again, you know, all of us, whether it's because we posted our birth story online, or it's because we're planning a birth, or maybe we had this birth, we had this baby, and we get triggered, we get something that pops up, that someone else, something else brings into our field, and we feel defensive. And those aren't great feelings, right? It's not, it's not a fun place to be, especially in the case of this woman, uh, the email, uh, you're planning a birth and suddenly you have these uneasy feelings and you're trying to figure it out. Like, is it me? Is it my choices? Is it because I don't, um, you know, is it because I shouldn't go this way, right? We're not sure. Is it intuition? Is it fear? Like what's going on when we feel triggered by another's words, another's experience? And there's no time like the present. There's no time like being pregnant if you are or if you're just in the birth space, right, as a birth worker, whatever, there's never a better time to sit with that. And I think if we all were able to do that, and I'm trying more and more, obviously, to do this myself as well. um, If we were all able to truly do that, and sit with what bothers us and turn it in, right, even if it takes a week, even if it takes a month, to turn it in and say, like, why does this bother me so much? Right? Why does my birth choice have anything to do with my mother-in-law or my mother? Um, Why do I feel so shitty when I hang out with this group of women, right? Like, what is it about me? Not what is it about them? What is it about me? And sitting with the places in us that are bothered, that are traumatized, that are sad, that are lonely, that are hurt, that are angry, and trying to figure it out. Because we have nothing to prove. As a powerful woman, life is tough, right? I mean, not really. But it's like being a powerful woman does not come easily in this world. From the time we are born, we are told all the ways that we don't matter or we're not good enough. And we'll just continue to live it out unconsciously until we actually turn inward and we actually own our choices. And There should never be a reason why a choice you make in your own birth, for example, has this spin on it of being disrespectful to anyone else. That is a false (laughs) collective thought form that has been put upon us that we are allowed to choose if we think that's true or not. So what do I actually mean? I mean that your choices, whatever you make, are about you. You may call them whatever you would like. If other people choose to feel confused or disrespected or angry or anything about a choice you make for yourself, that's about them. 
And it takes a lot of courage, again, especially if you're someone that is birthing. And, you know, let's say you've had four cesareans and you've never had a vaginal birth and here you are going for it. And you're really already careful about who you tell because you can feel it. Like you can feel your own insecurity mirrored back to you every time you interact with people. And I think that's a really beautiful, vulnerable, um, open place to be, right? To be unsure at times about your own choices even. To not know. We don't know. We don't know how they're going to turn out, right? So for women that are like, I don't know, like, I'm not going to tell anybody about my birth plans because I'm not completely confident. It's like, well, own that then, sister, you know, go within, find where you're not confident, find what still scares you. It's not anybody else's business. I remember back when I was pregnant with, I don't even know, let's say the fourth baby or the fifth baby, something like that. And I was confident. I had had all nice births, mostly home births. But there was still a piece of me that I guess needed to be validated by others because I remember with those pregnancies going into grocery stores and I remember with one pregnancy um, somehow interacting with someone that had really weird things to say about my pregnancy and it it wasn't someone I even knew, right? It was just the universe. (laughs) It was just the universe like presenting my own insecurity to me and I was really angry I was really angry about it. Don't comment on my belly. Don't comment on my size. Like, I don't want to hear anything from anybody else. And I think that's a valid anger, but it really was a call to set up boundaries for myself. And again, to find that place within that didn't need affirmation. Like, I don't fucking care what you think. And of course, we can say that in a nicer way. We don't have to actually say it at all. It's all energetic. But I hear that a lot, too, as a midwife um, through my own years, working with clients, uh, holding space for them around, again, other people's problems with their choices. Um, I can think of one woman years ago who was really, really bothered. And I don't blame her for being bothered. I totally get it. But she was having her first home birth after some hospital births. And back in Sedona, if you don't know, there's a lot of like false spirituality. There's a lot of like wannabe spiritual people. And this client of mine had this seemingly random interaction with a psychic, which again, very commonplace in Sedona. But because this woman herself, this pregnant woman was really not confident yet, she had her own doubts, her own fears about choosing a home birth. She was met with a really, really intense situation from the psychic who went on to just like throw up words in this poor woman's face. Uh, She made some predictions about her birth and basically scared the shit out of her about having a home birth. And I really felt for this client. Um, I still love this woman, of course, to this day. And we had a really long discussion about that, like to be so vulnerable in your energy as a pregnant woman and to have that come into your field and, you know, the disturbance and fear that that then creates. It was really important for that woman to feel that, right? And it wasn't pretty for her. I'm sure it wasn't fun. And truth be told, she had a really difficult birth. But it all came out. It all came out in the end that she was powerful and that her home birth was a challenge. And would I say that the psychic was right? 
No, I wouldn't. I would say the psychic uh, touched in on energy this woman was already holding and she did an awesome job, but there were fears for her to face. There was something there and, you know, um, it was hers in the end, let's just say that it was hers. It was hers to own and watching her own it again, even through this difficult birth was really powerful. So when we meet resistance, when we meet rejection, um, it's really hard to not take it personally. And it's really hard to try and turn it around sometimes. And I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about that as well. Like, oh, well, then I made it happen. Then I manifested this hard birth because of my own fears. I don't necessarily believe that either. I think we shine out in the world what we need. And speaking for myself, um, you know, I think uh, shining in a way that invites in rejection is also part of my path. I have my own wounds to tend to, right? So it's not an accident and it's not anyone's fault and it's not anyone's, um, you know, hatred for me personally. It's my own needs being met, my own needs, uh, my own wounds that need to be healed. So all saying that I hope this is something that is relatable. Again, whether you're in it yourself, just as a woman, just as a human in the world, there is so much war nowadays, right? I don't need to say that. And I know we're all feeling that. Um, we're all feeling that. And I think that's actually part of what is playing out in, I'll say, our silly little birth circles. And I mean that too, because, you know, it's not the real world. Um, there is real war. There are, there are real tragedies in the world. And this is not one of them. I wouldn't ever pretend that it's that serious. It's really silly. It's silly, petty woman stuff. But it reflects the macrocosm of the world we live in, which is to divide and hate is seen as acceptable by so many. And I think it takes a lot, right? It takes time. Um, it takes introspection. It takes being willing to be vulnerable. It takes being willing to be hurt. Um, it takes all of these things to deal with the world in this way, in this way of true power. And I am so grateful again for this chance, uh, whether it be silly or not, this chance to sit in my own stuff and to transmute it and to offer it here to you in this way, in a way that I hope is really nourishing and really helpful and really heals us all. Because again, I'm not in charge of anyone else's healing, just like I don't need anyone to be safe or to have, you know, this be quiet or over. I also don't need to take on anyone else's healing path. Um, but in seeing my own truth and in offering it forward to those that resonate, such as yourself, possibly, we all take a step up. Like I can feel it in my body. Uh, I'm not feeling, you know, what I felt earlier this week or last week. I'm feeling completely ready to create and to move forward and to say, check the box here, universe, check the box. 
um, mission accomplished. And it could all be until tomorrow, (laughs) right? That's when the universe brings us our next challenge. Maybe later, maybe tomorrow, but for now, moving forward in love, knowing that if we want connection, we must make connection within ourselves. Knowing that when the world reflects back to us pain and hurt, that we can only tend to that within ourselves. And I am so grateful if you got this far. I am so grateful for the teachers that inspire me, the humans on this planet that are doing such good work. Uh, For all that I have learned so far and for all that I have to learn, I feel like there is going to be so much on this path of somatics and healing and birth and death for me personally that I know will ripple out into my work and into indie birth. And that is always what we've stood for. That's always what we will continue to stand for, which is taking the higher path and turning it inward. So on that note, I thank you for listening to uh, this kind of remix about the time I had a free birth at the hospital and some other musings. And I wish you the best and most beautiful week.